Well, good evening, Family Church and uh, Family Church Gospel and Bridgemary and uh, everybody else who may be watching tonight. Welcome to FC Local. And uh, here we are. Um, I'm not too sure how many weeks now we've been doing, but um, each week we're here, we're preaching the word. And I trust you're home with your coffee, with the hot chocolate, whatever it would be, just chilling out and taking this opportunity to allow the word of God to come into your home. And uh, we just trust as the word of God is shared tonight, the Holy Spirit will bring this word and make it come alive in your heart. You know, we may not be able to meet in the same buildings right now, but the same Holy Spirit that was present on the earth is still here and he's still in each one of us. And we're believing that he can make and quicken the word into our life and make it become a rhema, not just the logos on the word on the paper, but it becomes the spirit of the letter of the word filled with power from on high. So tonight, uh, just got a couple of things I'd like to say while people are gathering. Uh, I want to say thank you to um, each and every Connect group. Uh, we announced this morning that we've got two new Connect groups uh, that will be starting in the next couple of weeks. Um, so we've, uh, during lockdown, um, during this time, we've had Carmen and Phil start theirs. Um, and they're looking for more people to join their group. They, they can have um, numerous more people join theirs. Obviously, it's all online at the moment. But also we've got Malcolm and Leah, they are back doing their connect group and we're so thankful uh, that they've taken up the challenge and the call because they know that they've been called to do this. Uh, we want to thank you and also Charles and Juliet. Um, and I'm just so thankful uh, for men and women of God who have stepped up. And I want to say thank you to Nikki uh, and to Claire. Uh, Nikki, you've been running your connect group for some time and and um, you just feel with the season of life that you're in to step down at this moment. Um, but Pastor Jane is going to be taking on that alongside Claire. Um, so there's a bit of a change in, in who's leading the group. But I'm sure it's just going to be a really excited, uh, exciting time for each and every one of you. Let me just pray and then we're going to get into the word tonight. So if you want to join any of those connect groups and um, any of those that are already running, please let me know. Uh, send me an email and I can get you connected to the one that you re really would like to get connected to. So let's pray. Father, we thank you as we take this moment tonight and set, our, set it aside for you. I pray, Father, that as we consecrate our hearts, as we take this moment to allow you and your word and the Holy Spirit to come and minister to our life, Father, we just open our hearts wide and we say, Holy Spirit, come and speak into our lives. Peel back the layers of our life to reveal truth in our hearts. Father, we just give you opportunity tonight. Would you speak to us? Would you speak into our hearts? And would you do what your word has come to do tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless us. I trust that you are well. Trust that you're looking forward to the word of God. We've been in this series of thought for the last few weeks. I think this is week five about building the house and how important it is at this time, even though that we're not in church and we're not able to, to do church activities as we would do normally, how important it is right now that we're laying the foundation, we're building a platform and we're preparing ourselves 
for when this moment came comes when we can get back to doing church in a safe and a, a secure manner where we can gather together in the name of Jesus and together as the fellowship of believers. We are working on a plan and we believe that as that plan unfolds, many of you will join us as we gather together um, in hopefully the not too distant future. This past year has had some, I guess, very significant moments and uh, some very difficult times for some individuals, people who have lost loved ones, people who have lost jobs, people whose businesses have struggled or failed in the midst of a pandemic. And our heart goes out to each and every one who's lost a loved one, but also lost situations and, and uh, things that would have been familiar to them along the way. It's been a difficult year. You know, it's affected people in their personal lives, their family life, maybe their work life. Things have been very different. You know, you know all of a sudden people start doing furlough. I don't think I'd ever heard of the word furlough before lockdown and, and COVID. But suddenly people were on furlough when they, sh they would have been working. Their work life has suddenly taken on a whole different picture and a whole different meaning. But I guess in many senses, one of the areas, family, family has changed dramatically. You know, when I think of our family and the, the, the number of family that we've got within just a two and a half mile radius of where we live, you know, I think that we worked it out, there's about 20, 26, 27 members of our family just within a, a two and a half mile radius, other than Jenny, who's up in Scotland. And we can't get to see them. We can't go into their homes. We're not able to connect in the same ways what we would do. It has enormously affected, affected our lives and our journey. But you know what? There's probably something even more, and that's life as a church. It has been so affected uh, uh, by this whole situation. Our, our gathering together, our walking with one another, our discipling one another, the ability to outreach as we would love to and like to. You know, you go up to a stranger and you start speaking. You have to apologise first. Hang on, um, excuse me, I, I'm not going to get too close because... And, and then you can share the gospel. It's, it's everything is, is just bizarre and weird. Never in the history of the church... Have we had to deal with such a time as this? Even in, in the Spanish flu of 1918, they didn't close everything down. They just got on and did life. But we're living in very different times. And to pastor the church through uh, a pandemic and, and a, an environment like we are has not been easy. But I thank the Lord for his grace. I thank the Lord for, for so many good people that have stood around us and worked with us, supported us um, in what would be a very difficult time. I take confidence in this scripture, and I'm sure many of you take comfort in this scripture as well. It's when Jesus said these words, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I, like you, take courage in that. I know that the church of Jesus Christ is going to be built and it's going to be built his way. It's going to be built the way he wanted it to be built. And I'm just looking forward to as we teach on these things, as, as we look into the word, that we can build the church that Jesus wants. 
not our preferences, not our persuasions, not modern, not old. His church, his way is what we want to do. A couple of weeks ago, I shared some thoughts and I left you with three specific questions. Three questions that every one of us needs to ask ourselves genuinely and to pray about. And they are these. Do you have a mind to work? Remember, we were looking at the book of Nehemiah and, and the heartbeat in Nehemiah. And the people rose up and says, we have a mind to work. Second thing is, they turned around and said, we will rise up and build. Is that in your heart? Have you got a mind to work and will you rise up and build? And the last one was this, whose agenda are we committed to? Now, three great questions, three things I think is really important for each one of us to answer when it comes to building his church in our generation, in our time, right now and in the months to come. Then Jane last week spoke uh, a powerful word, an incredible word on not just unity, but the, the destructive nature of disunity and how, how destructive it can be. And it's something that you and I, we need to guard our heart, protect our heart and, and be aware of every day of our life, that we do not allow disunity to disrupt the unity that we could have. Brother against brother, church against church, fellowship against fellowship, family. Let's, let's not have disunity, especially in the hearts of our lives. And tonight, I really want to focus on this. It's about taking new ground. Or you could look at it this way, taking back ground that has been stolen in your past. I think this is a really, really important message. Now, this is a by faith message. I have no idea who's watching, how many of you are watching. Feel free to put a comment in the YouTube column, in the comments page. It helps me understand who is actually out there. Otherwise, I have no idea. But this one thing I know, if we are advancing, like Paul, Paul said, forgetting those things that have gone behind, I press towards the goal. There is a goal in your life and mine that we should be heading toward. Also in Hebrews, it says, laying aside all the weight and sin that so easily ensnares us that we may run the race that is prepared before us. So there are always things in our past that need to be dealt with, we need to face them, we need to deal with them, and then we can walk free from them. Remember, Jesus came. He said, I have come that you may know, uh, that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That he came to destroy the works of the enemy. He came to set us free from the captivity that held us. And I believe tonight, this is a word in season. If you've got things in your past that are still hanging on in your present, if you've still got things in your past that are robbing you of God's purpose for your future, then this is a message for you. You may know someone who needs to hear this message tonight. Quickly ping them a text and invite them to come on to hear and listen to this word because I believe tonight God is going to do an incredible work. The Holy Spirit is present 
and he is confirming his word in our hearts. Whatever is in your past, if it's not dealt with in your present, will always rob you of what God had for your future. We need to deal with our past. We cannot walk in freedom just by wishing and hoping and, and, and walking in a particular direction. We need to cut ourselves off from the past and be free from the past before we can edge into what God has next. So the kingdom of God is always advancing. It's always moving on. You know, we need to be prioritizing his kingdom over our preferences. Oh, we, we may that may be a hard thing to say, but actually, when we are focusing on his program, what he wants to do, what he wants to build, what his purpose is in our life, it is the freedom to do his will that sets us free from our past and our preferences and our, our issues of the before. In many senses, it goes back to this thought whose agenda are we committed to? Now, we've been looking at the book of Nehemiah. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed going back into the book of Nehemiah. It's a book that you go to when re rebuilding, refocusing, re refocusing the attention of people's hearts and lives. And the book of Nehemiah has been an inspiration. And I believe that there's been some great application that we've been able to put into our lives as we clearly move forward. Nehemiah was a strategic worker. He was a strategic thinker in his time. The walls of Jerusalem were in shambles. They were destroyed. There were rubble all around. What does a wall symbolize? I guess we've got to look at this thought first. What does a wall? What does, what, what, why are walls there in the first place? Well, there's the Great Wall of China. It's probably the most famous wall. I thought I'd go for the simplest first. The Great Wall of China, um, it was built to keep out the raiding parties and the nomadic tribes that were trying to influence and, and change the society. And they built this incredible wall that I believe is one of the one of the only structures that can be seen from space. Then we have possibly one of the second most famous walls, and that is the Berlin Wall. Famous for dividing the Eastern Bloc nations and the Western Bloc nations and and the, the separation of a, uh, of a nation down the middle of East and West Germany. And um, I remember when that wall began to come down and Germany became a united um, nation again. But it's interesting that walls separate, divide and, and keep apart different factions. Then for all our Scottish friends and family in family church we have, I was going to do, I was going to do the Rocky version, Adrian, but no, it's Hadrian's Wall. Um, and it was the boundary of the northwestern frontier and it um, built by the Roman army uh, for the Roman Empire and it was there for 300 years as their northern frontier border. Still there today and um, many of you have probably visited it um, but it's a wall that separated. You know, why didn't the Romans keep on going? They didn't really uh, see much point in trying to achieve and overcome Scotland with all the hills and the valleys and, and the, the rugged landscape. So they left it as it was. A wall symbolizes a place of strength and protection. And I, I guess if you look at many ancient cities, 
And if you go to you know, York or uh, you see the city wall around York, I believe also in Warwick, uh, around the Warwick city um, and other major cities. I think even Chidester, um, there's a, a, a walled city um, and it was there to protect the city itself and really often was only the, the, the only main um, sense of defence for a town or a village or a city in the area. I guess what's interesting is it's not just cities, but it's our lives as well. We can build walls in our lives, human beings with internal walls that we build up in our heart. The walls I'm speaking of are really protective barriers that we put in place to to become our defence. You know, when someone hurts us, we put a defence up. When someone says something, we put a defence up. When we get hurt by an experience, we put a defence up and the wall begins to build in our life. Walls can be built in our lives from a very early age. They can be a coping mechanism for children and for young adults as they're growing up with because of a negative upbringing or, or, or they may have felt emotionally ignored or rejected. And what happens in that moment of rejection, a wall, just maybe one brick at a time, a wall is positioned, a brick is placed in that, in, in, around that, that heart of a child. And then there's another situation and another brick goes in the wall. And then there's another situation and maybe something else from, from school or something from a friend in the playground. And, and, <coughs> and that sense of rejection begins to build a wall as a defence from the hurt of others. For some, that wall in our lives may be a survival mechanism from emotional or physical abuse or hurt. For others, you may have built a wall around your life due to a failure. It may be a failed marriage or a relationship, a failed business or a career. And because you failed, you've said, I'm not going to try that again. And you put up a wall. <coughs> or you failed at something else. And failure seems to be labelling your life. And therefore you, you, you're reluctant to try new things and, and you build up this wall around your life and you say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be hurt. I'm not going to be hurt by that person. I'm not going to build a friendship with that person. I'm not going to allow them into my heart. And what we do is we build this wall that we only can just about see over the top. There are too many people today who are rebuilding the broken down walls of their lives, yet they have never dealt with the root cause of the ruins. Remember, Nehemiah went, in, went back to Jerusalem to build the city wall. We need, before we start building the city wall, the, before we start start building this wall of defense or building this this wall of protection or this wall of 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 whatever god or you want to do in your life what we've got to do is what caused the the negative wall to be built what was the negative experience what was the negative issue that caused my life to be in 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 rubble what caused my life to be in ruin so that I built a negative wall around my life. See, 
when we have the right building, when we have the right structure in our life, is not a negative thing. The, 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 the scripture I shared this morning, have I still got it here? It says, um, with favour you will surround him as with a shield. With favour, that, that, that wall around us, that shield around us should be that which is built by God. Not the negative responses of our life. And we need to be building in a correct manner. We need to be building the right things. But before we can build the right things, we've got to establish the root of the ruin. And face the root of the ruin so that we can move on. There's a saying that goes like this. <clears throat> the wall that protects you also imprisons you. If we're not building a protective wall around us called the, the, the protection of God or the sword, uh, the shield of God's favour. If, if we're building a defence around our life which is negative because of negative experiences, that's a wall that needs to come down. We need to deal with the issues so that we can build the right things around us. I love the fact that when David was faced with certain issues, he went to his stronghold. See, very often we think of strongholds as being bad and difficult and, you know, when the devil gets a stronghold in your life. But do you know what? David went to his stronghold. He went to that place of strength in God. And sometimes when we are building on the right foundation, that becomes a stronghold in our life for good. Otherwise, it's a wall that's been built, but we've never dealt with the ruin of why we now have a bad wall in front of us. Rebuilding the walls of our lives without dealing with the ruins is like putting a sticky plaster on a severed artery. What's going to happen is that the pressure is going to push away that plaster and you'll still have the issue in your life. And I believe tonight there are people who are listening and you've buried stuff in the, in the background of your life. You've swept things under the carpet. You've ignored it. You've rejected it. You've verbalized that you've dealt with it. But actually you have never dealt with those issues. It may be a physical abuse. It may have been a labeling of a parent. It may have been something that happened to you at school. It may be something that may have happened within your own family. But you've never dealt with the root and the root of the issue has caused ruin and your struggle to move forward is because you've never dealt with the ruin. I know people who have gone back into their past. They've looked at it full in the face. They've dealt with the issue. They've walked free from the issue and they've rebuilt their lives again. And I praise God for that. And tonight I just want to encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to walk you into the place where you can face the ruin, you can face the rubble, you can face the destruction, you can face the failure, you can face the ruin, and you can say in the name of Jesus, what happened back then has no hold of me today. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You don't have to stay at the rubble, you don't have to 
wallow in the rubble, but you need to go back and deal with the rubble. You need to go back and take out the dust that you brushed under the carpet and say, I am washed in the blood. I am free in Jesus Christ. It has no longer any hold in my life. Then when you've dealt with it, you put it under the blood. You've applied the godly power to it and the Holy Spirit has quickened you. You can walk free from the things that were once held you. It was for freedom that Christ has come to set you free. Tonight, in Jesus' name, I'm believing that you will be set free. That could be pain. It could be words. It could be actions. Why don't send me a text? to say that this is still working or whether it stopped, because I don't want you to miss what's happening. Can somebody send me a text, phone me up, do something to let me know if it's still working? I'm going to carry on. Lord, I pray this is still working. He prayed for divine favour. He turned to the king. He prayed, he turned to the king, he said, I need this. And the king gave it to him. He took ownership of the problem. He said, I've seen what's happened in Jerusalem. It's moved upon my heart. I've heard it firsthand. I'm going to go and I'm going to do something about it. 